You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Meat Friday. Come on in, stay a while in case you're wondering what will be on the Traeger grills, skirt steak tacos, Mexican rice. Who has it better than we do? Nobody. Thank you, Todd. A little harmony there. I like that. It sounded good. Uh, Mike Mayock, former Raiders GM, will join us a little bit later on. Sweet 16 tonight, St. Peter's versus Purdue. Providence, Kansas, North Carolina, UCLA, Iowa State, and Miami. Zags fall, Arizona falls, Arkansas, Villanova, Duke, Houston, advance. When you start to look at the tournament, and there's a reason why we call it March Madness and a reason why we love it, you know, the format is still the same. The teams have changed. The players have changed. Coaches stay the same. But, you know, the Sweet 16, the NCAA tournament is always exciting, and this year's no exception. You know that every game could be Coach K's last game. Last night could have been it against Texas Tech. Now, I give that team a lot of credit. They played great when they needed to. In the final five minutes, and here's Coach K talking about his team after the win. It was like a, a, a Catholic boys choir. It was a chorus. They all said it. They all said it. And, uh, and they said it with enthusiasm. You know, we want to do this. We want, we want to go man. God bless them. These, what, what a great, great group these kids. The, they've, they've grown up so much in, in the last, last 12 days. It's uh, such a joy. It's, it's an amazing thing. It's hitting him. It's hitting him. You can feel it. You can see it, sense it any moment. You know, he, he said his players, he listened to his players. So here's the most decorated coach, 100 wins in uh, NCAA tournament, uh, one of the greatest coaches, if not the best basketball coach of all time. And you're still learning. You're listening to your players. So you got your freshman there, for the most part, telling you, coach, Let's get out of this zone defense and play man-to-man. Nobody wants to play man-to-man defense. You want to play zone. You can kind of coast a little bit. They're saying, nope. And then they went out and slapped the floor. And Coach K thought, you know what? That's a pretty pretty neat moment there. Yeah, Seton. It kind of feels like maybe we hung a little too much on that final game in Cameron. Against North Carolina? Yeah, on the Duke players, where maybe the... They didn't necessarily show up. They probably they didn't have the best game, but that's a lot of pressure in that moment because that wasn't necessarily just a basketball game. No, it was far more than that. And then you're asking 18, 19, 20-year-olds to go out there and kind of understand the moment here. You look around and you see all these great Duke players. You see celebrities there, and it's like, oh, my God. Now, it's a regular season game. It's the last regular season game. These games are what matters the most, the tournament games. By the way, Coach K is 13-11 and 11 all-time in the NCAA tournament when trailing at halftime. And that's what you had last night. You had four games, and you had two that were three-point margin at halftime, the other two four-point margin. And I was not surprised at all that Arkansas beat Gonzaga. Thought that they could. Uh, they got a really good coach in Eric Musselman. And they're not afraid. They got every loose ball. They were physical, more physical than Gonzaga was. And Chet Holmgren uh, didn't agree with a couple of the fouls that were called last night. Now, I think it's easy to go, boy, the officiating's horrible. It's not horrible, but it can be questionable. And I think the inconsistency is what drives me crazy. If you call it a certain way, 
then I'm fine with that. And if I'm playing and I'm fine with that, it's when you change, you know, first quarter, first half, uh, this time down the floor, in the first minute of the game, in the last minute of the game. I just want it called consistent, uh, consistently. And if I'm a coach, that's all I want. Just call it the same way so I know and I can program my players to understand that. There were two calls on Chet Holmgren that never should have been called fouls. Never. He stood, held his ground, and put his arms up, and then you initiate contact, and I hate that call. But I do think that uh, Arkansas was the better team last night. Not the more talented, the better team last night. And they love that underdog role, and Eric Musselman has been doing that for a few years now as an underdog. Uh, let's see. Uh, poll question, Seaton. What are we going to stay with this year, uh, this uh, hour here? Well, last hour we went with, uh, is Gonzaga a great program or a nice program? And we have 71% say they're a nice basketball program. Ooh. Dang. Mm. Okay. Feels kind of harsh, doesn't it? Um, That's the friend zone of uh, basketball. Oh. Like I was caught a lot of the hot girls in high school said, you're such a nice guy. Yeah. Paul. You're so funny. You're such a nice I guy. Know. Guess what, what I was doing on the way home. I was driving home to go play video games. Yeah. Nice guy. Oh, I got a lot of nice guy. Yeah. You never wanted to be in the friend zone. Nope. Never. You know, you wanted to play man to man in the friend zone. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, man to woman, I should say. <laughs> well, no, it's... You know, staying with the sports analogy there. But, you know, the friend zone, you're just kind of have your arms up and you're just, you know, not really guarding anybody. A couple of nice assists here and there, yeah, but... I, yeah, I'm going to slap Not the a lot floor. of scoring. Yeah, not, not doing too much there. <laughs> yeah, Paul. <laughs> if you're like 17 years old and you're a dude out there and you hear, you're so funny. You're, nothing's happening. You're, you're cool. Got to hang out with at a party and make some jokes. And... Or when a woman says to you, I feel like I can tell you anything. Oh. And then you're like, well, she, maybe hold some things back. Maybe do that. Like keep some secrets for me. See, this is it's tough, I could though. tell you just you're like another girlfriend. Yes. Yeah, it's tough, though, because making someone laugh is very attractive. Yes, it is. Yeah. Hello. I, uh, I wouldn't have got my wife without a sense of humor. Yes, Paul. Yeah, but again, I'm an expert witness on this, Dan. You want to be, your <laughs> yeah. opener has to be funny. Yeah. You can't be in the four months later, you're so fun and funny to talk to. Yeah. Four months later, you can't be funny. Speaking of which, hey, Todd. <laughs> so that's not necessary. Not necessary. What happens when you say at the end of the date, like, you know, we should get together again sometime? And then it's either nothing is said back or you know, take care. You're hoping for that. Yeah, I'd love it. How about next Saturday? But sometimes you get the. Uh, Yes. Yeah, the worst part is you go to make a move and there's like a, what are you doing? Oh, I know. Oh, no. what are you doing? Might have misread the situation yeah. a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did that one time. You know, when you go up to the uh, her house and uh, all of a sudden you lean in and it's like, oh, no, no, we're friends. I said, yeah, I know. You very clearly get a cheek <laughs> while leaning in. Very clearly yeah. get a cheek. <laughs> and to make it worse, her dad opened the door just as this happened. So I, I go in the whiff and he opens the door and he's like, uh, what's going on? And I said, oh, <laughs> I wanted to say nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Fortunately, damn it. Yeah. Anybody have a horrible first date? Paulie? 
I got two questionable decisions. I, I once took a girl on a first date to a movie, and I saw the movie um, Boys Don't Cry. You remember that movie with, um, what's that great actress? Hillary, Hillary Swank. Swank. That's not conducive to any type of uh, fun night afterwards. Mm. It's not a positive movie. I, my car got towed once on a date. I went, went out with this girl, picked her up, drove. As we're getting ready to leave, there's my car on the back of a tow truck just going off into the <laughs> distance of northern Chicago. I took my wife on a date. We went to see Platoon. And I, I, I told this story. We, we snuck wine into the theater, and she was wearing kind of an all-white outfit. And I, I got up, I came back in, and I hit the back of her chair, and she spilled wine all over her outfit. So when she came out, as the movie ended, and then the next wave was coming in, and they saw, you know, Platoon is a very gory movie, and they're thinking, oh, my God. Like, how realistic there that she got blood all over. It, she had red wine all over. Like a Gallagher concert. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> and then we're walking around because we're going to dinner, and she's sitting there with, you know, red wine. Yes, Todd? I remember meeting a performer at a bachelor party in Las Vegas, and we ended oh, no, up... We can't... I'm not going to make it dirty. We went to a sushi in Santa Monica. I don't even like sushi. It's like a $200 bill for lunch. And as we're walking, you know, I was, thought I was going to walk into my car. I had like, this old little Mustang, and then we were going to hang out for the afternoon. All of a sudden, she got paged, and obviously, I guess she had to go meet some gentleman at a hotel somewhere. So that was kind of the end of our first and last date. She became a porn star months later, and that Wait, was the end so of it. so how did you meet her? I met her at a party. She was one of the performers at the Mirage Hotel in Las Vegas. Vegas for a bachelor party and I just thought she was just beautiful and I just spoke with her and and you know we exchanged numbers and one thing led to another and I took her out for sushi in Santa Monica for lunch I don't know what I was thinking that this was going to lead to some kind of relationship <laughs> but it just ended abruptly all of a sudden she's like got page and oh I have to go I'm like oh I thought we were going to hang out yeah I got to go and you know I try to peek over her shoulder to see if there was any message on there or something about room 328 I need you now whatever so I don't know what was going sounds on sounds like you needed a couple extra bucks really to make did. that date go a little longer time <laughs> yeah. and that was an expensive sushi bill I ate like nothing I ended up going to Burger King after she left me I, like, I don't eat that I don't eat that it's like 173.12 before Four tip. Oh, that's good stuff. What are we gonna? What are we gonna have second hour poll question there, Seaton? <laughs> Maybe you should apply the money for the sushi dinner to the performer. I have to go. Thanks for lunch. Where are you running? <laughs> yeah, where are you off to? Uh, not running to anybody. I'm running away from you. Yeah, that was not good. Uh, how about who had the best month, Seaton? That's okay. the poll question. Will you do that? What do you want your options to be, Dan? Dolphins, Broncos. Buccaneers, Browns, Raiders, other. Other, neither, neither? Yes, polling. I don't think the Raiders are going to – I think the Raiders may finish last in our poll question, but I think it's underrated what they did. I do, too. You know, you keep Max Crosby, you get Chandler Jones, and you got Devontae Adams. You're probably – got a new coach, and you're going to re-sign Derek Carr. I, you know, you won 10 games. In fact, uh, Mike Mayock's going to join us, the uh, former GM. He's going to join us next hour. So – uh, that's the poll question. Get some phone calls in here. Uh, Andrew in Washington is back. Hi, Andrew. What's on your mind today? Good morning, Dan. I'm glad that this show is unscripted or else I would not be scripted in, so I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. um, real quick, just had a, um, uh, a trivia question for the room about the Final Four and uh, what happened, but you forgot to give Ross Tucker a lap around the room. He is the leader in the clubhouse for the celebrity bracket challenge. Um, yeah. He'll stay there if Kansas wins and UCLA loses. He'll be the winner going into uh, the Final Four. So, anyways, real quick, 
When's the last time in March Madness there was not a number one seed in the Final Four? Um, uh, off the top of my head, I, I don't know. Okay, Marvin should get this one. That's a clue. And it's also the year. Is this Kemba Walker? Yes, 2011. And what happened that year was Kansas was also the only number one seed in the Elite Eight. Life could happen tonight. So I just kind of found that kind of interesting. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Andrew always adds something to the program. Scripted, of course. If you're just joining us, Seton was on social media. He he sort of hosts about 10,000 of our uh, listeners. And on, he does it on social media. Is, is this healthy to you, Seton, that you host this with uh, 10,000 of our fans? There's nothing healthy about social media. Okay. Nothing whatsoever. And apparently, was it one person who said this or numerous people who said the show is scripted? No, there's that. it's one of the things that so, occasionally people say. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, sometimes things just get under my skin. Um, I don't know if we're making more of it right now than we really need to, but yeah, I just like sort of was like, I think it's hilarious that people think this show is scripted because how could you possibly script this out? And if we did script it, wouldn't we script certain things better? Yeah. Well, we are asked this, you know, people say it, but they're not being mean spirited when they're saying, you know, how do you script the show? And I always say, well, we don't, there's nothing scripted. Yeah. So who writes your scripts? Yeah. Like what scripts? We don't, we don't. And then I go, how could you ever script Fritzy? You can't. Fritzy doesn't know what he's going to say. And I don't know what he's going to say. Yes, Paul. What if we hired someone to transcribe today's show, put it in script form and look at it? And so the performer in Vegas blew me off after the sushi. Like, can you imagine writing that script? <laughs> we should have it transcribed. Yeah. And then she left. And it was an expensive sushi lunch. I was crazy about her. I really thought we were going to like have a relationship. I was like in my mid. I was like my mid twenties. I didn't get it. It's like when you go to a strip club or something. They're dancing for you, and you and you start thinking that I think she must really like me. No, I think it's because you gave her a certain amount of money to dance for you. I met a stripper a long, long, long time ago before I was dating my now wife. Needed to say that. <laughs> and I remember it's one of those that the next day, this was the Cheetah Three in Atlanta. So one and two were closed. Yes, and went to Cheetah Three, and I remember. The next day, I get a phone call at noon, and I don't know who it is, and then it's the dancer from the night before. And she said, hey, I'd love to get together with you for lunch. All right. Well, lunch didn't sound like it was going to be anything was going to lead to anything. If it was dinner, then maybe it would. So I meet with her, and she says, hey, um, I need some business advice. I'm thinking, I don't know what I told you that – Last night, maybe I said, hey, I'm all business. Um, and maybe she took that literally. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Should I stop you? Do you think I should stop you on this story? Yeah, you should. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's take a break here. I actually want to hear the rest of it. Uh, and nothing ha- I just said, oh, I, okay. She had some idea that she was a business. And then I, that was the last time I heard from her. It was like, okay. Imagine if she's like a multimillionaire now. Oh, yeah. She, she probably, you know, billionaire, started an app or something uh, back then. If, well, they didn't have apps back then. All right, we're going to take a break. You know, we had apps back then. They were called appetizers. That, that was an app back then. All right, we'll take a break. And uh, we'll get to more phone calls as well. In an hour from now, we'll check in with Mike Mayock, the former Raider GM. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Uh, we got our Link Soul on today. I do. Uh, Seton has his Link Soul on today. 
Paulie has uh, Link Soul pants on today. Very comfy. I went wire to wire with these Link Soul pants this week. They're so damn comfortable. They're, and and Paulie came up with this idea years ago to create a weekender and call it the weekender. And just a pair of pants you put on Friday and you take them off on Sunday night. I mean, I do take a shower, but, you know, you just put the pants back on. Good to go. Link Soul. Link Soul has so many great uh, clothing styles there for you. Now, it's a lifestyle rooted in golf, but it's worn on and off the course, in and out of the ocean. Hats, hoodies, shorts, pants. You're going to love the feel, love the vibe. You can dress it up, dress it down. And uh, my wife, all in on these, you know, clothes as well. Hoodies, the, the uh, pants as well. So, uh Give it a shot. Look at it. Tell me what you think. Linksoul.com. Linksoul.com. Tell them we sent you. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. New Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson has passed his physical. He'll sign his five-year, $230 million contract today. He will have a one o'clock press conference. The Browns will introduce Watson in a press conference also featuring head coach and GM. Now, how do you handle this? Does Deshaun Watson issue a statement? Does he take questions from the Cleveland media? I think if you're going to issue a statement, you'll say, I'll take football questions. But uh, due to the ongoing legal process and being respectful to all parties involved in this, I'm not going to talk about what's going on with the civil lawsuits. Now, that should be your statement. Now, you can say, look, I love being here, and this is uh, great, and can't wait, and all those things, but I'll take football questions, but I think you got to get that, you got to get that statement out there, and it has to be a prepared statement. And I wonder if you even take questions. I'm not sure. I don't know how you, like if, if, if I'm the GM or I'm the head coach or I'm the owner, I would say, you know, I would just say, have a statement, have that statement that pertains to the civil lawsuits and that you'll take football related questions. Or do you just say, here's the statement. I'm going to sit here while Kevin Stefanski and answers all these questions. Cause that's not good either. Cause you're going to be getting the following. Kevin, how long do you think Deshaun is going to be suspended for? What are the plans uh, when uh, he's suspended? It, it's going to be, you know, they're going to try to find out what Cleveland knows about or expects with Deshaun Watson. Because if you ask Deshaun, he can say, well, I, you know, I'm innocent till proven guilty and out of respect to all parties involved in this, I can't answer anything. It's an ongoing uh, lawsuit. Yeah, Paul. What if Deshaun Watson went kind of opposite and took questions about anything as long as people wanted to ask, but had a prepared answer? Like, as the grand jury said, you know, as, you know, just kept staying with his, he and his team have denied this completely, not yeah. partially, yeah. for over a year now. If he stayed, he could stay with that and take questions until everyone leaves the room and leave no one. And it's also a Friday. That's another thing that usually this is stories die on Friday. You got basketball coming up. There's no sports radio shows, morning shows, first take, any of those shows. And it feels like then then you can say, well, we we answered those questions. 
But I, I don't. I, I would have something scripted, and it, it feels like it's more dangerous if you do open up the room to questions. Then, look, you can you can criticize me, critique me, and say, well, "Why didn't you take phone calls?" Or he didn't. Or phone calls. Why didn't he take questions from us? Okay, that's fair. But that's the only time you you have to answer it, and you're answering it by not answering anything. There's nothing else that moves this forward. Now, you could have people say, well, I must be guilty. Didn't want to answer questions there. Yes, he. Don't you want to get those questions out of the way now as opposed to week one, though, or week four, whenever he's going to be allowed to play? Well, do you want to answer those questions after the civil lawsuits have been settled? Let, let's say he has to pay $2 million. He's going to have to answer questions then. That, so, that might actually be his out. They say they're still pending. Yeah litigation well that's the only way that you can approach this Mm -hmm. in my opinion but if i'm in there and i'm a member of the media i'm gonna have questions but i i kind of have to find some kind of opening here that i can ask about are the browns prepping for a suspension here and how long yeah paul i'd like to ask him i'd like someone ask him why didn't you play football last year and whose decision was it yeah you can ask that uh, you know, Kevin Stefanski is going to be asked about Odell Beckham Jr. as well. You know, are they interested in Odell Beckham? Certainly been a lot of talk about that, of him coming back. But, it, I mean, it is OBJ, so it's a story that will stay in the headlines, even the guy is still coming back from having his knee ripped apart. Here's another thing that uh, I saw. Rick Stroud, our good buddy, covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Rob Gronkowski still undecided whether to play in 2022, according to his agent, Drew Rosenhaus. I talked to Tampa yesterday, told them he's still undecided, needs some time to figure out whether he wants to play. Uh, Rosenhaus was uh, at the news conference in Miami for Tyreek Hill when he was asked about uh, Rob Gronkowski. If I looked at this, and Paulie, Paulie said to me during the commercial break, what one is more uh, would surprise you more that Rob Gronkowski doesn't play or he does play? Because we assume Brady's back, Gronk will be back. I don't think it's a mere formality, though. I, you know, unless you bubble wrap Gronk and say, look, we only need you a couple of times during the regular season, but we need you in the postseason. All right. If you want to do that, I don't know what he's going to cost you. Made $8 million last year. Nine the previous year. Do you do I want Gronk in the playoffs? Absolutely. Do I think he can hold up for 17 games? No, I don't. But if I can sort of have load management with him, then okay. But I don't I don't think this is a mere formality of Tom's back, Gronk's gonna be playing again. Yeah, Paul. Would the most shocking thing be if he plays next year for a team that's not in Tampa? Well, I, I remember somebody telling me about Buffalo with Gronk. And I thought, okay, and I think he's from that area, if memory serves me correctly. Was he a Buffalo kid, upstate New York? He seems like a guy, kind of guy who jumped through tables. Yes, he would be part of the Bills model. Amherst, New York, he was born. Okay. I don't know if that means anything to him going back, but I, I, I don't know. He might not. He might not play. But if he says, "Hey, I'm going to play," you know, you say to Brady, "Hey, I'm going to play one more year, but I'm, I'm going to go home. I'm going to play in Buffalo." Maybe. 
you know, maybe Von Miller, Josh Allen recruiting him. I don't know. But uh, his agent said right now he's undecided. Let's see. Bobby in Connecticut. Hi, Bobby. What's on your mind today? Good morning, Dan. Dan, you know, I've changed my question because you and Ross pretty much uh, beat it up about the trade uh, with Hill. I'm wondering if uh, – is it possible that that uh, Baker might be back up for Brady? I mean, is that like a good thing for Tampa Bay? Or is it a good thing for uh, – for, uh, for Baker, is it a better thing for Baker to be a backup? I believe he's a starter. I believe there's six or eight people in the league that he's quarterbacks that he's better than. But I just, you know, they're talking this morning, Nick Wright, the best the other station has to offer, mentioned that uh, there's a possibility that Baker might be uh, Tommy's backup. Yeah, there's been talk about that the last four or five days, three or four days. And uh, I couldn't get any confirmation on it, but I know that there's been talk that could you bring him in? Uh, what's it going to cost you? You know, teams are waiting for him to get cut by the Browns. And I don't think that's happening. I think Cleveland is going to try their damnedest to get something out of somebody for Baker Mayfield. But if you put him as the backup there instead of Blaine Gabbert, does he go in knowing that you're kind of going to go to grad school? Like you're going to, you're going to, you're just going to watch Tom Brady. You know, Jameis Winston did this with the Saints. And I don't know if that makes him a better quarterback. I mean, I think Jameis is Jameis. He can be there with Drew Brees and Sean Payton. He can get contact lenses, you know, all of these things. I think he's still wired the way he was wired in Tampa Bay. But he's going to get a chance to start this year for the New Orleans Saints. Can Baker be deprogrammed and reprogrammed? Because he's a starter, he's competitive. And the last thing Tom Brady wants is, and I got somebody who is pushing me in practice, Brady pushes himself. And you want that guy who's your backup to understand what his role is every game, every practice. And it feels like Baker is so competitive. That's why he was so surprised that he put up the white flag with that goodbye letter to Cleveland. Could I see it happening? At the time, I said, no, I, I couldn't see it because it feels like Brady likes Blaine Gabbert. But Blaine Gabbert prepares Brady in accordance to what Tom wants and needs. And I don't know if Baker is a student of the game that he's going to look at it the way Brady would and say, hey, I noticed this. But I don't know of any other options right now for Baker Mayfield. Because I checked in with a uh, source yesterday and I said, are, are the Giants in play here? And then I was told no. Because they want to let Daniel Jones play this year and then see what they have. Bringing in Baker, and is Baker better than Daniel Jones? Probably so. Is Seattle interested? And I was told Seattle may go into the draft. That, all right, you got Drew Locke. Why don't we see if we can strike gold like we did with Russell Wilson? Maybe we get a quarterback. Get rid of Drew Locke next year. And then we start to build our team again. And also, factor this in, Baker Mayfield may be just hanging out there until after the draft. And that's four weeks away. Yes, Eden. It kind of feels like if the Giants bring in Baker Mayfield, though, you're torpedoing Daniel Jones's career. Yeah. That's not, yeah. it feels like you're, okay, yeah, we want to let you play this year, but not really. 
Yeah, and I wouldn't bring him into the Giants. Mm. There was talk the Steelers, and I thought, how many quarterbacks can the Steelers have? <laughs> you know? It's like you, you got four or five now. How about a good one? How about you find one good one there? And look, I like the Trubisky signing. I don't know if it's long term. Yeah, you do. <laughs> good to have you on the team, Dan. Yeah, I'm on the I'm on the Mitchell Trubisky team. Good friends call him Mitch. But I know if I'm the Steelers and I could get the Browns quarterback, all right. I'd be I would be interested in that if I don't have to give up much. And the Steelers reportedly are waiting for him to get cut. You imagine number one overall pick. And you're, he's only, what, four years into his career, and you're waiting for him to get cut. Yeah, Paul. The team I would have picked for Baker Mayfield's next home if they didn't get a guy out of nowhere last year is the Patriots. If the Patriots didn't stumble. Well, they liked him during the draft. Right. Remember you talked about it. Yes. You reported on that. And, yes. and they stumbled into Mac Jones last year. They're kind of out of the quarterback picture for the next three years, I would think. Yes. And Baker is better than Mac Jones. Whoa. Yeah. Now, all right, let me define it or preface it by saying, I think Baker's a better quarterback, but is he a better quarterback in New England system? And the answer is no. But, you know, Mac Jones is programmed. You know, they got him programmed. Baker is programmed to play a different style of football there. But do I think Baker's better than Daniel Jones? Yes. Uh, Better than Mac Jones? Sam Jones, Tom Jones, yeah, any Jones. Yeah, Seaton. Is that a new poll question? <laughs> Who would you rather? <laughs> no, let's let's just stay with the team that's had the best month. For some reason, I feel like that's just an unnecessary shot at Mac Jones. <laughs> and I'm not sure why I'm taking it that way. Yeah. <laughs> now, you're a Patriot fan, so you're just sticking up for your boy. Yes, Paul. From a content standpoint, which team would you put Baker Mayfield on? Purely content for what we do for a living. There's one answer. The Dallas Cowboys. I know they would never do that, but imagine if somehow that was like, all right, come here and be the next guy. I know it would never happen. No. Good TV, though. I think if you put him, well, I'd put him in Seattle because they need a quarterback, and he's better than Drew Locke. And that Seattle is just an average team. Um, And in fairness to Baker, and I, I had a source say, you know, everybody beats up on Baker, but look how many head coaches he's had in his career. He's had four head coaches. You know, once he had three or four offensive coordinators, these guys who have the same coach and the same offensive coordinator, you know, you really benefit from that. And it's like, here's a new system. Here's a new system. Here's a new system. And you have four head coaches in four years. Freddie Kitchens, I mean, Hugh Jackson, I mean, come on. Yeah, see. But isn't it also sort of like, yeah, you had four head coaches in four years uh, because of you. (laughs) (laughs) How many more dudes are you going to get fired? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Brady didn't have four head coaches. Yeah, like it kind of cuts both ways. Yeah, I get it. I get it. The reason why there's a new head coach because you didn't play well. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, Paul. But there's also <laughs> Browns often get the blame for when a guy's career fails. The Browns often get the blame. Well, he was a Brown. It's like a Nick. Oh, he was a Nick. Yeah. So his career didn't work out that well. Sean in Oregon. Hi, Sean. What's on your mind today? Morning, Dan. Morning, Sean. You know, uh, Dodgers fans, we love that call from Dave Roberts yesterday. 
Yeah. You know, and I put on my hat, and, and we're out here. We're doing our West Coast strut today, and, and we're just hoping we get to beat the pants off those Yankees, just like you said. All right. Yeah. I, I love what Dave Roberts said. He says the Dodgers will win the World Series. You know, you can write it down. I'm fine with that. You got confidence in your team. Uh, James in Pennsylvania. Hi, James. What's on your mind today? Hey, good morning, Dan. Good morning, James. Hey, I've got a uh, a song for you for Todd's Limericks and Mock Headlines, if you're interested. Todd has Mock Headlines coming up after the commercial break. Uh, so, all right, James, let's, uh, let's see what you have. Okay, it's uh, tuned to Purple Rain. Okay. And uh, there's slight pauses in between four lines, so stick with me. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Todd's to blame. 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 I only want to see you laughing, but that Todd's to blame. Ow! <laughs> James, thank you. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was good or not. It was funny at the end. I think it was good because of the pauses. I don't know if he gets that gold ticket to Hollywood that they give out to get to the next round of the year. Uh... American Idol? Yeah. yeah. All right. When we come back, Todd has mock headlines. What is the topic of mock headlines? The uh, Zags going down to oh, the Razorbacks. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Todd was working on them last night. You were workshopping last night. With three minutes to go when Chet Holmgren bows out, then uh, didn't you have... I was so upset. It was I was doing like angry mock headlines because it blew up my bracket. Paulie had like probably the best one, better than anything I've got on here, but, but I'll save didn't it. Didn't you have Chet going Holmgren? That was Paulie. Oh, oh, okay. He had that, but then he had an even better one, which okay. kind of just summed it all up in one word. All right. Well, we'll come back with Todd's mock headlines and more phone calls after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Lindholm guns it to Halla, who has two assists tonight. Past the dead wood, off Sorelli's skate. Halla keeps it in the attacking zone. Hall, Pasternak, hat trick. The Bruins lead with 4-10 to go. David Pasternak, 12 career hat tricks tied for the second most among active players. That's courtesy of Nesson. Real credit card questions require real people. Somebody who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover, exceptionally common sense. If that was the first time you saw Chet Holmgren last night, you're probably going, hmm, he's going to play in the NBA? He's going to be a number one overall pick? Maybe. He 
He's got a lot of athleticism. He doesn't have the physical presence, though. You know, he probably weighs maybe 200 pounds, seven-footer. But he has great touch, got a good handle. He can shoot. Now, do I think he's the next Kevin Durant? No. But I do think in today's NBA with today's big man that you don't have to be that you know physical presence inside. Now, you're going to get roughed up by some of these centers. Uh, can he guard uh, the Joker? Can he guard the Greek freak? You know, can he? Now, nobody can, but those are the matchups where you look at and you go, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. And is he going to go to a decent team? Probably not. Could end up with somebody like Orlando, uh, Houston. And then that development there is going to get good coaching. Uh, can he put on weight? But you're watching last night, and he didn't score in the first half. Now, he did get rebounds last night. He got into foul trouble, and I could question a couple of those fouls that were called on him, but I got I to gotta see something more than that. I thought he was inconsistent this year. I thought Timmy was a really good, consistent player. I don't know if he can play in the NBA, you know, start in the NBA, get big minutes. He's a great player. It feels like if he wasn't already in the NBA, does that tell you what the NBA thinks of uh, Drew Timmy. But you had a lot of people who said, man, he reminds me of Kevin McHale. Well, he's got good inside moves, but Kevin McHale did it against NBA players. Timmy's doing it against watered-down college basketball. And while I love his footwork, and he's, he's, uh, he's just sneaky with his moves, deceptive with, with his moves. But understand, Kevin McHale was... 6'11", and probably had a 7'5 wingspan. You know, McHale was unstoppable down low. But he was going against Kareem or Akeem or, you know, run down the list of big men back then. You know, can Timmy be a NBA player? You know, good enough shooter. Uh, if he gets inside, can he make those moves? You know, Elijah one, when I watched him in college, he had great footwork. And it translated into the NBA because he – had that mid-range jumper that he added, and, and he was extremely quick, athletic. Timmy is not that, but they, he's deceptive in what he does. And, and I mean that, and it doesn't, I don't mean that as a buzzword because he's white. It's just he's deceptive with his moves, his fakes. He's very good at it. But watching last night, I don't know if either one of those guys are going to be franchise players. Certainly Chet Holmgren, you would think, would get that opportunity. Might be the number one overall pick, but uh, didn't show you enough. In a game like that, that's when you want a great player to step up and be great from start to finish. All right, Fritzy has mock headlines. This has to do with the Zags bowing out. That is correct. Do we have a song to open this up with uh, Fritzy's mock headlines? No, no, no. No, 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 All right. America said no. They did, but you're saying yes anyway. But I say yes. All right, Todd. Mock headlines with Gonzaga losing last night. Razorback sharp. Razorback sharp. Razor the roof. Spokant. Okay. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. Right. Flexing his muscleman. A, a few bad men. A few. Oh, we got a water slide? A 
I felt that spit all the way over here. A few bad men. Drew can't handle the truth. I didn't see that coming. Hogtied, zaggy pants. Hey, Itville. Sweet <laughs> 16 celebration. That's not bad. Okay. That's not bad. I got a little on the back of my neck, but it's not bad. <laughs> boo to me. Got to boo him. They lost. Boo to me. Arkansas. Because they can. Okay. Arkansas. Okay. Just a couple more quick ones. Okay. Yeah. Take note, JD and team. Ark for real. Take note. No, no, I got okay. it. And don't repeat it. Sweet, but not elite. Bulldogs pounded. Yes, he. What if we stop doing mock headlines? <laughs> okay, great. Uh, oh, and Todd only did the Sports Center tease. I feel like if he if he piled all of those into a Sports Center tease, it would have been hilarious, just like he did yesterday. I'll do that with Paul's, which is the best one for the last one. Coming up on Sports Center, Gonzaga, why few and far between. Gonzaga, though, is very good. Right to the point, one word. I mean, Name it's not it. original. Even I know it's not still original. really good, though. That's still probably better than anything I just. No, had. it is. No, it is. A few bad men going Holmgren. I still like a. You don't like a few bad men. Drew can't handle the moment. A few bad men. Okay. Spokane. He wasn't even sure if he should have shown <laughs> up. Oh, that's just mean spirited. On a Friday. I know. You know who I blame that on? Big German. Yeah. Why are you blaming him? No, he brought it back. He played uh, it. Yeah. It's mean. Yeah. That's not a Marvin thing that just happened there. No, Marvin wouldn't do that. But the big German and, and Dylan, they sit back there. Giggling and just yes, making fun having, of everyone. They are having fun back there. They are laughing at you, not with you. Uh, Jordan in Arizona. Hi, Jordan. What do you have? Hey, Dan. Hey, Jordan. Hey, I got a song for uh, Fritz for okay. uh, Mock Headlines. Okay. All right, it's uh, to the tune of Holland Oates, uh, You Make My Dreams Come True. Okay. All right. When he talks, it might be hard for Dan to handle, because Fritzy tends to ramble, and he hardly sounds sane. Oh, yeah. Your mock headlines are poo, doo, doo, poo, poo. Oh, yeah, doo, doo. <laughs> Replace him with guy from Honolulu. Lou, 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 oh yeah! Wow! Wow! Okay, thank you, Jordan. Very Good creative. writing, man. They got Hole and Oates in there. Yeah, I like it. Ryan and Honolulu in there. More songs coming up. Final hour on this Meet Friday. Mike Mayock, former Raider GM. When's the last time he talked to John Gruden? Why did he get fired as the GM of the Raiders? Two hours in the books, one more to go on this Friday. The scripted Dan Patrick Show. One more item, hour two. We put that to bed. It's Stiefel is here to help you. We have different ideas about success. We achieve it in different ways, different times. And if you've recently changed jobs or considering retirement, you need to be thinking about reaching your goals. And maybe you need to start thinking about an investment portfolio and retirement account. Retirement's a big deal. You can't afford to make a mistake. That's why you need the professionals to help you. For over 130 years, Stiefel Financial Advisors 
have been helping clients like you create personalized retirement plans, understand the many options for claiming Social Security, implement an investment portfolio designed around your needs. As a client, you have access to Stiefel's award-winning equity research and investment strategy views, enabling you to make informed decisions regarding your hard-earned money. Invest in your success. Find a Stiefel financial advisor at Stiefel.com. It's spelled S-T-I-F-E-L, Stiefel.com, Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.